In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Canon, dear Monsieur, and dear Faithful. As you know already from Canon Commons, we continue the solemn novena to the Immaculate Conception. And this period of nine days of preparation before the celebration of the Feast of the Immaculate Conception should help us to prepare worthily for the upcoming Christmas feast, preceded by another novena in honor of the infant king. The Immaculate Conception traces back even before the creation of the Institute of Christ the King to the late Middle Ages. From the 18th century until the present day, Rome has invited clergy to preach on a certain aspect of Our Lady, along with the Novena prayers and a solemn benediction. In the same spirit, the Institute of Christ the King, whose principal patroness is the Immaculate Conception, she is our patroness as well here in America, continues in unison with Rome and the rest of the Church to prepare our minds and souls during the Advent season, with this solemn novena. So the rector of this shrine has found it useful that the theme of the sermons during this preparatory novena be an examination of the Beatitudes found in Holy Scripture and how each Beatitude corresponds to a particular virtue or also a gift of the Holy Ghost and how all of this is exemplified in some manner in our most blessed mother. For example, Canon here, on the first day of the novena, preached on the beatitude, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after justice, for they shall have their fill. He then corresponded that beatitude with the virtue of fortitude, as well as the gift of the Holy Ghost of fortitude. And how all of this is exemplified in the Immaculate Conception. Ken Weaver yesterday gave a conference on the Beatitude, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And how this Beatitude corresponded with the virtue of charity and the gift of wisdom. Today, this Sunday, we speak on the following Beatitude. Blessed are they that suffer persecution for justice sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And if we read scripture further on, the passage continues to elaborate on this beatitude. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account, on Christ's account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so also we will see how this beatitude is tied in with the virtue of mortification and self-denial. So this is the theme of today's sermon. God did not say that our lives will be easy. As if we will have all the time in the world to accomplish all the things we want wherever and whenever we want. God did not say that this world will be completely satisfying for all of us. God did not say that practicing our faith in Him will be easy. 
We read in our sacred history, in Holy Scripture, and we also know that our recent history, after the time of Christ, there was and always will be persecution. Nearly all the apostles suffer martyrdom, along with so many Christians in the Roman era. We see oppressive governments and endless conflicts in the French Revolution, in world wars, in the Middle East, with people being martyred and persecuted. St. Maximilian Kolbe offered his life in place of a stranger. Younglings as well, such as Blessed José Luis Sánchez del Rio, who died for the faith. Japanese Christians, for example, were forced at a time to desecrate and step on images of Jesus and Mary. And if they refused, they were either imprisoned or tortured. We see people who suffer persecution for justice sake, for the name of Christ. We can even see ourselves in this beatitude, for we may more or less suffer persecution for the sake of justice, for the sake of our religion and our faith, in our schools, in our workplace, and even among our friends and relatives. But Christ taught us that God rewards those who suffer with the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. We all know that Our Lady suffered the most terrible of persecutions for justice sake because she was intimately united ever so closely with our Lord. Our Blessed Mother was united to the will of her Son and because of her docility that is perfect to the will of God, she suffered persecution as our Lord suffered also persecution. She suffered greatly, especially during that gravest crime of all time, at the death of her son on the cross. The cross which brought forth our salvation. On Calvary, the Word made flesh, bled in atonement for man's sins. Scourge at the pillar, crowned with thorns and nailed to a cross, Christ paid the price for the sins of Adam and Eve and the entirety of their descendants. Christ also saved Mary in a very special particular way by preserving her from original sin. She, who is the Immaculate Conception, this conception which in turn fully participated in our Lord's plan of salvation for all. And how awesome and extraordinary is this consideration, dear faithful, of how our Lord and Our Lady and their lives are so intertwined with goodness, with grace and salvation. Therefore, dear faithful, this passion and death of our Lord on the cross, which our Lord was born for and coming in this Christmas day, it is the foundation of the virtue of mortification and self-denial, Christ's passion. By mortifying our flesh and spirits, we make ourselves co-workers of Christ, according to St. Paul. And we rejoice, like St. Paul does, in our sufferings for Christ's sake. We must remember, however, that we practice mortification not because our bodies are bad or the source of sin, but because we know that our bodies are a good gift from God. United with our soul, and knowing this fact, we know that mortification and self-denial is the way to our happiness, to our beatitude, to inherit the kingdom of heaven. By putting away all things aside that do not help in obtaining the outcome of the beatitude we are contemplating about. 
So what better way to accomplish that, this than to begin our new liturgical year of Advent with the spirit of mortification? St. Paul, in the epistle for this Sunday, tells us to wake up. It is now the hour, he says, for us to rise from sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Night is past and the day is at hand. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness, not in chambering and impurities, not in contention and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh in its concupiscences. Although the season of Advent is a season of extreme patience and joy and peace for the coming of the Messiah, it is also a penitential one. But not so extreme as Lent, for we are always reminded of a more joyful penitential spirit of the season in the numerous manifestations of Alleluia's in the text of Holy Mass and the happier melodies in Gregorian chant, which you can hear at the 1130 Mass. Nevertheless, mortification of our body and self-denial can help us to achieve this season with so much more spiritual fruit. Let us ask Our Lady, the Immaculate Conception, who practiced mortification and self-denial in order to glorify her Son. Let us ask her to help us be more mindful of her Son than with our own vain desires and feelings through self-denial. In addition, we mortify ourselves in order to attain for our past sins. And so it is a good to deny ourselves certain licit pleasures as a way to repair our transgressions. We can fast, for example, from certain foods and drink. But not only that, but also mortifying our senses by not watching so many useless epic fails on YouTube or not indulging in too many sweets, in too much alcohol. Or we can fast with our tongue by giving up gossiping, criticizing, speaking ill of others, and offering unsolicited advice, by fasting with what we hear on the radio, and so much more. In Our Lady, however, because she is already sinless from the moment of her conception, she practiced mortification in a different way. And she practiced it in order to allow herself to embrace deprivation of legitimate comforts as a demonstration of her vast love of God. And she did that from the start when she dedicated her virginity to our Lord and helped in the temple there in Jerusalem. She denied herself to show her dependence on her Creator and her own littleness. So the more we attempt to spiritualize and make more fruitful our mortification, just like our Blessed Mother does it, the more we will all be joyful then with these four short weeks of Advent until the day of the Nativity of the Infant King comes here before we know it. Our sacrifices are worth it, as told by Our Lady of Fatima. Pray, pray very much, and make sacrifices for sinners. For many souls go to hell because there are none to sacrifice themselves and to pray for them. She reveals to us, her children, 
that prayers and sacrifices are truly efficacious reparations in which we can even positively affect someone's eternal destiny. So dear faithful, let us not waste this very important time of Advent. In our busy and noisy lives, let us appreciate the little moments we can gather in order to keep our soul in peace and conducive to prayer during this time. We are always tormented by worries, by fears, by problems, and we must remember our lives are a little more difficult than we desire it to be. We all know that we want to finish Advent right away and to celebrate Christmas arriving in about four weeks' time with eggnog and mince pie. But let us prepare ourselves with do and calm prayer in expectation and recall that we must have Mary to be our guide. This is what our church offers us. She is our guide during this novena in order to achieve these beatitudes of our Lord and she is our guide to practice the virtues and gifts associated with each one of them. So let us prepare our hearts even more to receive the Most High in our hearts at Christmas time. Along with Mary, St. Paul tells us to wake up as well. So in conclusion, let us remember these words that a bishop would say before ordaining clerics to the subdiaconate. Words that Canicummins and I heard when we made that step to celibacy, to a life of dedication to the church. And although these words might be unrelated, these words can apply to us for the season of Advent. He says to us before we got ordained, If you have been up to this day not very diligent, you will henceforth be more regular. If you have been up to this present day sleepy, you will henceforth be more vigilant. If you have been intemperate, be sober. If you have been too free, be chaste. May God himself deign to grant this to you. And let us ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.